0: Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 276 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. Today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by Bilt Bar. Go to BiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON and you will get 20% off of your next order. And the Rangers coming off of two straight losses to the Pittsburgh Penguins. I thought the Rangers outplayed the Penguins in both games, and it's very difficult to know where to start here because... When the Rangers lose, you can point to certain things usually. You can point to certain things and say, okay, well, they need to do this better. They need to do that better. Uh, This could stand for some improvement as well. I got nothing here, guys. And it's funny because on Friday, you know, we always do five episodes a week. And I love doing five episodes a week. I love coming on here. I love talking Ranger hockey with you guys. It's a ton of fun interacting with you guys. We got the Locked On Rangers Fantasy Hockey League that's underway right now. So that's cool. But on Friday, after the game against the Penguins loss, the first loss to the Penguins, When that game concluded, I was actually kind of happy that I had already done my five episodes for the week, because when that Ranger game on Friday night against the Penguins ended, I just sat there dumbfounded. I could not put my finger on why the Rangers lost that game, because in my mind, they clearly outplayed the Penguins. But now that they've played the Penguins again, it's doubly true, because once again, they lose to the same Penguins team in Pittsburgh, and it's a game that I thought the Rangers had the better of play. I thought they definitely outplayed the Penguins in both of these two games, and they come away with two losses. Now, granted, one of the losses was an overtime. You get a point for that, but man, that is like the silverest of silver linings that has ever existed because it felt to me like the Rangers should have won both of these games. They deserved to win both of these games. You look at the season so far, and we're five games into it at this point, it really feels like the Rangers have outplayed their opponents in four consecutive games here. Their record in that time in these last four games is 1-2-1. and one. And forget about opening night. Opening night happened. It was a disaster. It is what it is. The Rangers deserve to lose that game. They did, in fact, lose that game. But in the four games that have followed, let's just go right through it here. So I really believe, again, that the Rangers have outplayed their opponents in all four of these games. Obviously, they outplayed the Islanders in the second game, a 5-0 shutout. I don't think anybody's going to argue that. Against the Devils, the Rangers end up losing 4-3, to and I thought they outplayed the Devils in that game, but at least in that game, you could kind of understand why the Rangers lost the game, because, yeah, you know, they outplayed them overall, I would argue, but they got off to a slow start. They were not good in the first 10, maybe 12 minutes of that game in that first period against the Devils. They fall behind 1-0. They're basically playing catch-up the rest of the night, and on top of that, McKenzie Blackwood was darn good between the pipes for the Devils, and he kind of stole that game for the New Jersey Devils. The Rangers put... 50 shots on net, Blackwood stopped 47 of them. So, okay, these things happen. We've seen plenty of cases. I mean, think about Henrik Lundqvist. How many games did Henrik Lundqvist steal for the Rangers over the years? So this can happen. You accept it, you move on. Tough loss. These two games against the Penguins, I can't come up with any reason why the Rangers ended up on the short end of the stick in both of these games. They outworked the Penguins in these two games. They outpossessed them. They spent more time in the Penguins' zone than the Penguins spent in the Rangers' zone. The Rangers created more scoring chances. They won a ton more puck battles. The Rangers are playing well on special teams. They've even got their penalty problems under control. The Rangers have only taken a total of two penalties in these last two games combined, including zero yesterday. So you guys tell me, what are they doing wrong here? What is causing them to lose these games? Because I really can't quite put my finger on it. Uh, You know, the first game against Pittsburgh, the game goes into overtime, which to me, that was even a bridge too far. I thought that should have been a regulation win for the Rangers based on how both teams played in that game. But Philip Heedle gets a chance from Mindeep, and he hits the pose A couple inches to the left, and we're talking about a Ranger win, and we're feeling good. And then, who knows, maybe the Rangers end up winning uh, Sunday's game against Pittsburgh as well. But something else that I've noticed over these last two games against the Penguins. And again, the Rangers now on a three-game losing streak – You can kind of explain the loss of the Devils, even though I thought the Rangers had the better of play, but these two losses against the Penguins are inexplicable. But something I've definitely noticed here, it feels like the Rangers, these two games against the Penguins specifically, they're scoring a lot of these blue-collar, hard-working goals, and then the Penguins are just kind of scoring out of nowhere and kind of flukishly in some instances. And I'll give you some examples. We're going to give a couple examples of goals that were scored by both teams in each of these last two games here. You get a goal where Philip DiGiuseppe goes in hard on the forecheck, knocks his man to the ice, and then eludes another Penguin defenseman to somehow get the puck over to Philip Filippito is all by himself in front of the Penguin net. He makes about seven moves. He fakes Tristan Jerry out of his skates, and he scores. How about another goal from uh, just yesterday? The first one was in the first game. But from yesterday's game, Ryan Strom finally breaks out by getting to the doorstep in the crease and stuffing a loose puck home. There was a wild scramble in front of the Penguin net. The game was tied at 1-1 at that time, And Strom finds a way to convert on a scoring opportunity... Uh, there was a big pile up. The puck was actually underneath a Penguins player's skate. The Penguins player was stomach down in the crease, but the puck was under his skate, and Strome basically has to fish it out from under his skate. All the while, you know, there's another Penguin moving in from Strome's right to try to knock him around and prevent the scoring opportunity, and Strome puts it home. So good job by Ryan Strome. Again, I still think he's searching for his A game despite this one goal here, but it was nice to see him break through, and it's another example of the Rangers simply outworking the Penguins, wanting to get that puck more than the Penguins wanted to get that puck. So again, another play- blue collar goal for the Rangers there. How about the first goal that the Rangers scored in yesterday's game? Colin Blackwell making his season debut, his Ranger debut. He's in the corner. There's a big fight for the puck along the boards there. In the corner, you've got Colin Blackwell involved. You've got Brett Howden involved. You've got Kevin Rooney involved. There's a couple of Penguins in there too. The Rangers work their tails off. This is a prolonged possession in the Penguins zone. And the Rangers work their tails off to maintain possession and not allow the Penguins to get it clear. Eventually, uh, the hard work of all three of those players that I just mentioned, it pays off because the puck goes back to Adam Fox at the point. Fox takes a shot, and by now, Colin Blackwell, he's again, he's got a penguin draped all over him, and he fights his way into position in front of the penguin net there. Fox shoots Blackwell with a great deflection, and he scores. Again, another instance of the Rangers simply outworking the Penguins. They wanted that loose puck in that corner more than the Penguins did, and there were a lot of guys that had a hand in that. Again, Rooney, Howden, Blackwell, all fighting for the puck, and then, of course, Adam Fox takes the shot from the point, and Blackwell deflects at home. A great team effort, a great team goal. The fourth line is out there for a goal these are good things. This should be leading to a Ranger win. This should make the hockey gods happy because the Rangers are clearly outworking, clearly outplaying the Penguins. Now, let's look at a couple of the goals that the Penguins scored over these two games, okay? These goals are just weird. I mean, there's one where Ryan Lindgren accidentally knocked the puck into his own net. I'm not going to kill Lindgren. I mean, it it looks bad, but I get what he was trying to do here. Uh, The Penguins basically, from kind of a sharp angle, play the puck toward the net, and Lindgren is down kind of on all fours in the crease there, and he stops the puck, But there's obviously going to be a scramble. The Penguins are going to crash the net, try to put it home and and stuff in the rebound, or stuff in the loose puck, rather. But Lindgren, what he does, he knows he can't cover the puck with his glove because that would result in a penalty shot for the Penguins. That's obviously not good. And it would be hard to kind of just swat the puck out of there, out of the crease, because that could result in the Penguins uh, getting to the loose puck and just shooting it right back in and scoring a goal. So what he tries to do, and we've seen players do this every now and then, he tries to tuck the puck underneath Igor Shosturkin. And a lot of times the players are using their sticks in this instance. But Lindgren, actually, he's got his closed fist. And again, he can't cover the puck. He doesn't want to cover the puck because he knows it'll result in a penalty shot for the Penguins. But he tries to basically just push the puck back underneath Igor Shesterkin, and it goes into the net. And again, it wasn't a great play by Ryan Lindgren. It's not going to go on his career highlight reel. I get what he was trying to do, but just an unfortunate moment there, basically just gifting the Penguins a goal. And then how about, that was in uh, Friday's game. How about in yesterday's game, Sunday's game? You get Jared McCann, of all people who is allergic to scoring goals. And he just finds the puck along the boards and just kind of throws the puck at the net. And it just kind of flutters in. It just kind of knuckled and went over Shesterkin's right shoulder and went into the net. I don't know what happened with Shesterkin there. It wasn't a banner game for him either. I don't know. Maybe Shesterkin just wasn't expecting the shot. Maybe he looked away for a minute to see if anybody was in front of the net. Uh, Just kind of a weird, weird, weird goal. And that tied the game at two at the time. And so, again, another fluky goal by the Penguins there. And then you've got a tie game late in the third period. It's tied at two, 130 to play. And Jake Gensel ends up scoring. And I think this is a shot that Igor Shosturkin would stop at least 95 out of 100 times. I mean, Gensel got a decent piece of it, but Igor, he had a, a good look at it. The shot came from the high slot. So it's solid real estate as far as scoring goals is concerned. But the puck just kind of trickled through Igor Shostakhin, went right through his legs and into the net. And again, I think it's one that Igor Shostakhin is definitely going to stop the vast majority of the time. It's another somewhat fluky goal. I mean, you could at least argue here that at least the Penguins worked to create a scoring opportunity, even though it was a low percentage scoring opportunity. But just really unfortunate for the Rangers that a puck that Igor Shostakhin is so often going to stop, it gets through him at the most inopportune time when the game is tied at two and there's only a minute and 30 seconds to go. Because if this happens when the Rangers are... Leading a game five to one late in the third period, and this goal makes it five to two. Nobody cares. Nobody remembers it. Uh, just again, re- really unfortunate here because I do think that the Rangers again uh, clearly had the better of play in these games against the Penguins, and they got nothing to show. They got one point to show for it. They have an overtime loss to show for it, and the Penguins come away with four points. So. Uh, Yeah, I mean, it's it's just a total head-scratcher. I know I'm kind of all over the place, but I think that's kind of where a lot of our heads are right now as Ranger fans. You're just trying to figure out how did the Rangers lose both of these games when they're playing so well? And the other thing that's a little bit concerning... Is at what point do the Rangers again very young team, very inexperienced team? They still have the youngest roster in the NHL as far as average age is concerned. At what point do you start to get discouraged, or or not even maybe discouraged, but maybe you kind of go back to those uh, habits that aren't good—just defensive lapses or foolish penalties? You know, I just hope the Rangers can persevere through this. They got a couple of road games against Buffalo coming up. Hopefully, they can get back on the winning track. Uh, But we'll see how it goes. These are just really, really disheartening losses. I got to say, through five games into a regular season, I can't remember ever being this... uh upset's not even the word because that makes it sound like I'm mad at the Rangers. I'm not mad at the Rangers. The Rangers have played very, very well over their last four games, and they've got one win to show for it. It's just kind of disheartening because you feel like this team really deserves better, but it's a young team. They're being tested right now, and they just have to keep their heads up and just keep doing the things that they're doing because you got to believe if they continue to play this way, the wins are eventually going to come, and you just got to keep your fingers crossed if you're a Ranger fan that that starts Tuesday night in Buffalo. Wanted to take a minute to let you guys know that today's episode of Lockdown New York Rangers is brought to you by Bet Online. Are we ready for some football? College football heads into bowl season, and there are some big matchups this weekend. The NFL regular season has concluded, and there are some big-time playoff matchups right around the corner, and there is only one place that has you covered and one place that we trust, Bet Online. Dot AG. Sign up today for a free account at BetOnline.ag and use that promo code LOCKEDON for your 50% welcome bonus. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Don't forget to use that promo code LOCKEDON to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Visit our good friends and exclusive partner by going on Twitter and going to at underscore AG to take advantage of the best bonuses in the business. Sign up for a free account and use promo code LOCKEDON for your signup bonus. Once again, that is promo code LOCKEDON in all caps and you will get your signup bonus. Hashtag betonline. Get more of the sports news you need in less time with our new Locked On Today podcast. Peter Bukowski hosts Locked On Today, a daily podcast breaking down the biggest stories with analysis from our local experts. Start your day with all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes. Subscribe to Locked On Today wherever you get your podcasts. Let's talk a little bit about some of the Rangers lap decisions, some of the things they did, some of the things they did not do, and some of the things that created a little bit of controversy as far as Ranger Twitter is concerned. But One thing that really stands out over these last two games, Julian Gauthier was a healthy scratch in each of them. I'm fine if the Rangers want to go with a little bit of a rotation at forward, kind of subbing guys in and out of the lineup a little bit. Uh, But before we get too much into this, let me just say that I think this is also where you miss preseason games, because we... Didn't get any preseason games, obviously, and I think that's the place where a lot of these players really kind of stake their claim to playing time or stake their claim to moving up or down the lineup, whatever it might be. But unfortunately, with no preseason games, this is what you're left with. You're left with a situation where the first few games of the regular season Almost in some ways, you're doing some of the things in those games that you would typically be doing in the preseason because now guys are trying to put their best foot forward. They're trying to remain in the lineup. They're trying to force their way into the lineup. Everything's just a little bit unsettled. And that's true of every team, not just the Rangers. Although the Rangers being a young team and being a generally unsettled team and a team where playing time and top six roles is very much up for grabs, I think no preseason hurt them maybe a little bit more than it hurts some other teams. But unfortunately, that's just the reality of the world that we're living in right now. Obviously, the regular season was shortened from 82. Two games to 56 games, and if you're going to do that, you're certainly not going to play any preseason games, or at least not more than one or two. But yeah, unfortunately, the Rangers uh, just still kind of unsettled as far as who's going to play with who on these line combinations, on these defense pairings, and who's going to be in the lineup on a nightly basis, and who's going to be a healthy scratch. So they're almost having to do these position battles at the start of the regular season when in a typical hockey season this would be contested in the preseason. So that's kind of unfortunate. But at the same time, not the worst thing in the world either because it does promote competition. It doesn't allow guys to get too comfortable. And if you are a healthy scratch on one night, it's probably going to light a fire under you uh, in the games that you're out there. I mean, look at guys like Philip DiGiuseppe. Look at guys like Brennan Smith. Uh, They both were healthy scratches on opening night, and they both come back with a vengeance here. I mean, DiGiuseppe more than Smith. DiGiuseppe's been fantastic. Smith, I think, has played pretty well also But to get back to Gautier here, and as far as him being a healthy scratch, look, I made it clear in the offseason that I did not want to see Gautier banished to the fourth line for the entire season, and I stand by this. Even after seeing that the Ranger fourth line, I would say, has kind of exceeded expectations thus far. Uh, Howden's been all right. I know Ranger fans want to see more out of him. Ranger fans tend to get on him a little bit. I think he's been okay. I think Rooney has been something of a pleasant surprise for the Rangers when he's been out there. He had that injury and missed a couple of games, but I think he's played pretty well. Somebody who's going to go in hard on the four check, and fight for the puck. Uh, Brandon Lemieux, at least until this last game when he was a healthy scratch, has been his typical self, you know, throwing his weight around, being physical, trying to get inside the heads of opponents. Uh, This line overall is doing a good job in the four check and just making life difficult for the opposition in general, and that's what you want out of your fourth line. But I don't expect them to produce offensively a whole lot, and when you've got someone who's a bit of a raw talent like Julian Gauthier is, and who I still think has some upside, I would want him to be out there with guys that can score, at least on the third line. Having Gauthier in the fourth line, uh, the checking line, if you will— does almost nothing for him and it does very little for the Rangers as well. I'd like to see Gautier get some run on the third line, but I also recognize that opportunities have to be earned and it just hasn't shown up in the score sheet for him. I-, I feel like Gautier created a couple of scoring opportunities in the first three games. He hit the post a couple of times and uh, was in there during some scrums in front of the opposition's net, you know, looking for that stuff-in goal, that elusive first goal of Julian Gauthier's career. So I'd eventually like to see him get another chance, but the way things stand right now and the way that certain bottom six forwards are kind of exceeding expectations to this point, I don't think it'd be the worst thing in the world to see Julian Gauthier get a little bit of time at the AHL sooner or later. We'll, we'll see how that goes. We'll keep tabs on it, but maybe a little bit more seasoning for Gauthier is something that he needs because you know you look when he was on Carolina, he barely played for them. He only played five games with the Carolina Hurricanes. The trade goes through. The Rangers put him right on the NHL roster, and it's been a little bit of a struggle. Again, I, I think that he's played better than his offensive numbers or complete lack of offensive numbers would suggest. But I wouldn't mind seeing Gautier get a little bit more seasoning. Again, especially when you've got guys like Kevin Rooney exceeding expectations. When you've got guys like Phil DiGiuseppe exceeding expectations. When you've got guys like maybe even Colin Blackwell. I know it's only one game, but he played very well in this first game against the Penguins as well. So maybe Gautier, a little more seasoning in the AHL would be a good thing. Something else that the Rangers did over these two games is they continued to kind of use a rotation as far as the sixth defenseman is concerned. Obviously, on opening night, Brennan Smith was the healthy scratch. Then Tony D'Angelo was scratched for two games. The first one for disciplinary reasons. The second one because the Rangers had played very well in the prior game, and they didn't want to mess with the lineup. And then Brennan Smith in the fourth game and that was Friday's game against the Penguins, goes back to being a healthy scratch. And then finally, in this most recent game, Sunday's game, Jack Johnson is the healthy stretch. So there is a little bit of a rotation going on there. The way I see it is this. If Johnson wants that job, he has to take it away from Brennan Smith. Smith has been on this team for several years. I realize there have been some ups and downs. You could argue that maybe he hasn't lived up to the contract that he signed with the Rangers, but he is capable of doing some things that can help the Rangers win some games. He is one of the elder statesmen on the team. I think he's a good teammate. Uh, We've heard similar things about Jack Johnson, to be fair, throughout his career. Uh, We found out over these last two games against the Penguins that Johnson seemed to be pretty popular in the Penguin locker room, despite obviously not playing that well over these past two years, to put it mildly. But... Mike Sullivan, he only had glowing things to say when he was asked about Jack Johnson, and that's great, but I don't think that puts him ahead of Brandon Smith. And I'm not going to sit here again and make it sound like Brandon Smith is this perfect player and the Rangers would just fall apart without him, because that's definitely not the case. And in fact, he had a miscue in this most recent game against the Penguins that resulted in Pittsburgh getting a breakaway goal for Brian Russ. So that was unfortunate. A little bit of a misstep there for Brandon Smith, but we do know that Smith is a good teammate. He will stick up for his teammates when the occasion calls for it, he'll get into skirmishes after the play. Uh, We've seen that when he's been out there this season. We also know that he'll change positions if you ask him to. He'll play physical hockey. He can play on the penalty kill. Is he overpaid? Did the Rangers reach to keep him in the fold when he was about to become a free agent? Yes and yes, but he's here. He's here for at least one more season. You might as well get the most out of him while he's still a New York Ranger. And again, it's not like he's some completely worthless player for this team. There's a lot of things that Brandon Smith can do to help them. He is not perfect, I think, as far as the defenseman uh, pecking order is concerned. I think he's the sixth. He's the sixth best defenseman that this team has, but that should be enough to get you into the lineup on most nights. And to me, based on everything that we've seen from both Smith and Johnson the early goings here, this is Brendan Smith's job to lose. He has played better than Jack Johnson. We've had Five games, and I'm not always the biggest plus-minus guy, but it is definitely worth pointing out that Brian Smith right now is a plus two. Jack Johnson is a minus four, and plus-minus doesn't affect it doesn't hurt you if you're out there on the penalty kill and your team gives up a goal. And Johnson's been on the ice for a couple of power play goals against as well. Again, Smith has sat twice, Tony D'Angelo has sat twice, but I don't envision Tony D'Angelo sitting all that often unless he once again shows a lack of discipline hopefully D'Angelo has learned his lesson and he'll be out there night in and night out he should be I mean they're paying him like somebody who should be out there night in and night out and obviously D'Angelo brings a lot to the table as far as offense is concerned and again Johnson has only sat once so it's basically a two-man race for that sixth defenseman spot I think Brandon Smith has been the better player between the two and if Jack Johnson is going to take that job away from him then that's literally what has to happen. Johnson has to show that he is the better option than Brandon Smith, and he certainly has not shown that early in the season. So Brandon Smith is my guy for the sixth defenseman spot going forward. If you want to rotate Johnson into the lineup every once in a while, that's fine. But again, Johnson doesn't get to play over Brandon Smith on a consistent basis until he shows and repeatedly shows that he is the better option. I'm not so sure that's going to happen. So uh, we'll keep an eye on that going forward. We'll see what they do on Tuesday. But for my money, uh, I believe that Brandon Smith is the better option. And I believe he has done enough to warrant being in the lineup uh, this Tuesday against the Buffalo Sabres. And if he plays well, he gets another game in the next game against the Sabres, so on and so forth. The bottom line here, Johnson has to take the job away from Brandon Smith, not the other way around. Just wanted to take a minute to let you guys know that today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by Built Bar. It is the best tasting protein and energy bar that I have ever had. It's kind of hard to explain. You just have to experience it for yourself. It's got real chocolate, amazing flavors, and unlike a lot of other protein bars, energy bars, you don't need a gallon of water to get rid of that weird, funky aftertaste that sometimes comes with the other bars. It's just good, and it actually kind of tastes quite a bit like a candy bar. Once again, use promo code LOCKEDON and get $10 off your first box at www.biltbar.com. Coming up on Locked On New York Rangers, as far as the rest of the week is concerned, we're going to basically tomorrow just pick up where we left off today, and we're going to dive into a little bit greater detail about some players that are overachieving in the early parts of the season, some players that are underachieving in the early parts of the season, some guys that the Rangers need to get more out of. You guys can probably pick out a couple of those players on both ends of the spectrum right now, but like I said, we'll talk about it in greater detail in tomorrow's episode, and then on Wednesday, the plan is for us to do a crossover episode with the guys from Locked on Sabres. They They'd really do a great job with their show as well, but obviously the Rangers play the Sabres on Tuesday night, so we'll talk about what happened on Tuesday with the Locked on Sabres guys on Wednesday, and then we'll also look ahead to Thursday night's matchup once again between the Rangers and Sabres. So that's going to be a lot of fun as well. Always a good time doing these crossover episodes. There's so many Locked on hosts that do such a tremendous job with their shows, and uh, definitely looking forward to speaking with the guys from Locked on Sabres. I want to end this episode on a somewhat positive note because I get the sense all us Ranger fans were a little bit disappointed. We're hanging our heads a little bit today because, again, you know, the Rangers continue to play well in these games, and they're just not getting rewarded for it. So you just hope that they stick with it, continue to do some of the good things that they've done over these last few games. But let's point to a couple of the positives here. One thing that we already mentioned, very, very few penalties by the Rangers over these two games with the Penguins. Just two total, to be exact. Another positive, the Rangers outshot the Penguins on both nights. 34 to 28 on Friday, 26 to 19 on Sunday, and they actually, for the first time this season, on Sunday, won more than half of their faceoffs. It was 51%, so it's not like they won by a large margin. But the way it's been going lately on the dot, you'll definitely take that. I think coming into the season, it's something that a lot of us were still concerned about the Rangers' inability to win faceoffs. But at least they finally had a game where they won more than half of their faceoffs, so that was nice to see as well. Uh, now the power play has struggled a little bit. But I don't think it's been as anemic as the numbers would suggest. Right now, they've only converted on 17.4% of their man advantages. I think they're at least getting some good puck movement. They're at least able to set up shop in the attacking zone, uh, some good passing. But unfortunately, they're just not converting on their opportunities. There's a couple of guys who just aren't finishing their scoring opportunities. Mika Zibanejad comes to mind right now. uh, Chris Kreider comes to mind right now. uh, Maybe Alexi Lafreniere to an extent. There were a couple instances over these two games where he passed when he had a chance to shoot. Even Panarin late in this game. I think the game was tied at at the time. And he tried to make a pass, I think, to Buchnevich when he had a pretty good look at the goalie. I mean, there was nobody between him and Jerry. And he probably should have just let it fly. He tried to set up his teammate instead. But uh, yeah, you know, there's just too many opportunities that are being missed both on the power play and 5v5 where the Rangers just aren't converting their scoring opportunities so that's something that has to change as well but I don't think the power play has been as bad as the numbers would suggest I think they're close and I think uh, in the games to come here you're gonna see the Rangers start to light the lamp a little bit on the man advantage fingers crossed that that indeed is the case but one of the biggest positives for the Rangers over these last let's say three games Really, four games. Let's say four games. And one that we have not even mentioned up to this point in the episode is Keandre Miller. He has been absolutely fantastic. Shaky night on opening night, but obviously he's a rookie. It's his first taste of NHL action. I'm sure he was a little bit nervous out there. That's to be expected. But he has, it's been a total 180 in the four games that have followed. He has really just kind of calmed down. He's very uh, under control when he's got the puck on his stick. He doesn't panic. He makes smart plays, he makes good decisions. And a big congratulations as well to Keandre Miller because he actually picked up his first point in the NHL. He got an assist on a goal scored by Capo Caco in Friday's game against the Penguins. It was a secondary assist. Miller received a pass in the neutral zone. He gained entry. He made a quick pass to his left to Phil Giuseppe. Phil DiGiuseppe uh, puts the puck on net with a shot, and then Capo Caco is there to bury the rebound. So a secondary assist for Keandre Miller. I hope they remembered to get the puck for him. Sometimes I think uh, the guy who gets a secondary assist can be a little bit lost in the shuffle, but I hope they realize that he indeed got an assist on that play. They got the puck for him and allowed him to keep it. Uh, Hopefully that's the case. But it's also been cool to see his ice time has increased in basically every game uh, since opening night. Friday, he got 21 minutes and 17 seconds of ice time. That was third on the Rangers as far as defensemen on the night. He was behind just Adam Fox, who had 26.02, and Jacob Truba, who had 22.52. And this, despite Ke'Andre Miller not appearing at all on the power play or the penalty kill, And then in Sunday's game, Miller was out there for 21 minutes and 39 seconds. That was second among defensemen only to Adam Fox, who was out there for 25-42. And again, this happens despite Ke'Andre Miller not appearing at all on special teams. He was not out there at all on the power play, and he was not out there at all on the penalty kill. Well, actually, the Rangers didn't take any penalties, so he couldn't be out there on the penalty kill. But you get the idea. Ke'Andre Miller has not seen a second of special teams action in either of these last two games. And yet on Friday, third most... Ice time among defensemen, and on Sunday, second most ice time among defensemen. Very, very impressive, and obviously the coaching staff taking notice of Keandre Miller continuing to improve as these games go by here. He's had a couple of different defense partners out there as well, so despite the lack of continuity as far as his defense partner, he just goes out there and he continues to play well. One of the plays that really stood out was early in the game on Sunday. Sidney Crosby had the puck behind the Ranger net, and he's making moves and he's trying to get Miller off of him. Miller was like Crosby's shadow on this play. He went toe-to-toe with him, and eventually he knocks Crosby off the puck and just takes it away from him. So that was awesome. Ke'Andre Miller, uh, just in his fifth career NHL game, going toe-to-toe with one of the greatest players who's ever laced up a pair of skates. And we may not like Sidney Crosby all that much on this podcast, but you got to call it like it is. You got to give credit where credit's due. And there was also a play later in this game where it looked like the Penguins were going to have an odd man break. They did have an odd man break, in fact. But they were making a centering pass, and Miller comes flying back into the picture, and he slides down to the ice and blocks the pass from being completed. Might have saved a goal on this play. So that was another excellent play by Andre Miller. And he almost set up another Ranger goal later in this game. He made a cross-ice pass. Unfortunately, uh, the kick save was made by Tristan Jerry. But you got to love how this kid is playing right now. I did not like that David Quinn benched him on opening night, or at least he benched him until he decided that he'd rather bench Tony D'Angelo. But it looks like that really has not bothered Ke'Andre Miller. Uh, He's come back and played very, very well over these last four games. Maybe the biggest positive for the Rangers during this losing streak here. They've done a lot of things well, but I think what we're getting out of Ke'Andre Miller is probably exceeding expectations. In the preseason, we weren't even so sure that he was going to make the opening night roster. In fact, it didn't look like he was probably going to, and he had a great training camp, did some good things, worked his way into the opening night roster, and he has not looked back. And it looks like he's here to stay. It's at least possible Ke'Andre Miller never goes to the Hartford Wolfpack at any time in his career. He might be here to stay on the NHL roster, and obviously that would be a best-case scenario for Ranger fans. So we'll keep our fingers crossed that Ke'Andre Miller continues to play well. I don't see any reason to believe at this point that he's not going to continue to play well. I mean, there's going to be hiccups along the way like there are with any young NHL player. But yeah, man, I mean, it looks like Ke'Andre Miller is here to stay. So that's very, very encouraging to see if you're a Ranger fan. And just a couple other closing thoughts as far as these two games against the Penguins is concerned... It really is unfortunate that it seemed like the Rangers outplayed the Penguins in both of these games and still came away with no wins. I don't want to continue to beat a dead horse here, but let me just make a couple other points just in case you're not convinced that the Rangers outplayed the Penguins based on everything that we've talked about so far in this episode. So another reason why you feel like the Rangers should definitely have been winning these games is they completely shut down the Penguins star players. Sidney Crosby did nothing in these games. Evgeny Malkin was a ghost. Did he even play... Has anyone seen Evgeny Malkin? He was invisible out there. Crystal Tang, another Penguin star player. He's been there forever. He did nothing in these games. Jake Gensel did nothing in these games. I know he had the game-winning goal on Sunday, but again, that was kind of a fluky goal. I think Igor Shosturkin stops that shot at least 95 times out of 100, like I said earlier. But beyond that, Jake Gensel wasn't really all that noticeable in this series. The best player for the Penguins in this two-game set here was Brian Russ, but all of their superstar players were completely, emphatically shut down by the Rangers. And it's just another element of these games that just kind of makes you scratch your head and just kind of leaves you in disbelief that the Rangers lost both of these games against the Penguins. It really is hard to figure out. It really is disappointing. And it's a a tough start to the season for the Rangers. And for us Ranger fans, it's a total gut punch because you feel like they should be getting a reward with wins based on how they're playing. One last thing to do for today is to talk a little bit about Philip Hedel. Hedel was involved in a collision with Evan Rodriguez. The real shame here is that the play was actually whistled dead just before this collision happened. So it was kind of all for nothing. It wasn't a dirty hit or anything like that. It's just Hedel and Rodriguez basically slammed into each other head on at full speed and both went down to the ice. Rodriguez immediately left the ice. Hedel stayed on the bench for a little while. I believe he actually went back out there for one shift, but then he left after that and did not return. Brett Howden moved up to the third line in Hedel's place. That's Probably going to be the move that the Rangers will make if Hedal has to miss any time. I would imagine Brett Howden going to center the third line there. We'll see how they look to play it. But obviously, fingers crossed that Philip Hedal can get back on the ice sooner rather than later. Hopefully as soon as Tuesday's game against the Buffalo Sabres because he's been playing some great hockey so far to start the season. And we're going to talk a little bit more about Philip Hedal and his contributions to the team in tomorrow's episode. We're definitely going to spend some time on Philip Heel. And while editing this episode, I now see an update that Philip Hedal will not play in tomorrow, Tuesday's game against Buffalo. He's back in New York to see the doctors. And it has also been announced that Alex Yuriev will be between the pipes against the Sabres on Tuesday night. Probably good to get Georgie another game, but that's going to do it for today, guys. Once again, if you'd like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to lockedonnyrangers at gmail.com. Once again, that is lockedonnyrangers at gmail.com. Definitely give us a follow on Twitter as well, at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Once again, that is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Thanks again, guys. I'll see you next time.